You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. We are live on YouTube. Yes. We are live on YouTube. It worked this time. I am so glad that it worked this time. Uh, And we have a ton to discuss. Uh, The comments are already filling up. Uh, We have people watching from Australia. Awesome to be with all of you as we get ready for Packers Lions on Monday night. We got to wait a little bit extra. And in some ways, it seems fitting that we would have to wait a little bit extra because we waited so long to see what happened in week one. And then, oh, my God, it got ugly. The Packers are trying to avoid the ugliness. We're going to get to the Lions part of this in a little bit. Zadarius Smith is going on IR. That is a a huge blow to this Packers pass rush and not just the pass rush, okay? Because I think with Preston Smith, Kenny Clark, and and Rashawn Gary, they're going to be able to generate enough pass rush against, you know, I wouldn't say most teams, but against teams, (laughs) against some teams, that they're going to be okay. Now, they're going to need better coverage, better communication on the back end with these injuries. That's just the reality of it. If you can't rush the passer and the Packers were not able to do it against one of the three or four best offensive lines in the league, okay? So it's not like, you know, they were going up against some, some you know, sorry outfit where you're like, okay, well, we should beat these guys like dogs. No, the the Saints, Saints offensive line is really, really, really good. And it looked really, really, really good on Sunday. Still, this group was put together with the idea that Zadarius Smith was going to be able to play a significant number of snaps inside. That he was going to be able to line up over the A-gap and be a penetrator. That he was going to be able to line up against guards in pass rush situations on third and eight, third and ten, and create pressure. On a number of occasions against the Saints, the Packers were able to get some, some pressure on Jameis Winston. They weren't able to bring him down, but they were able uh, to, to get some pressure. Now he escaped that pressure and picked up yards with his legs. The Packers have to play contain a little bit better. They have to stay in their rush lanes a little bit better. This is a defense that is, remember, a very much work in progress. But it, it, it puts into contrast the way in which this front office has built this defensive front. And it's built around Kenny Clark, A, as the man in the middle, and then the edge pass rushers. And I think, generally speaking, that's a good plan. The edge rushers are far more likely to be productive. Uh, There's just more good ones. There's only five or eight interior defenders who really, truly matter. And Kenny Clark, he was a whisker away from a couple sacks. Um, he had he had Jameis Winston just fall right out of his clutches on one. He got undercut a little bit as he was making this, the what the would be sack. So 
he needs to be a little bit more impactful in the pass rush game. He's getting double teamed a ton because the Packers were not able to make the Saints pay for doing it because the other guys, Dean Lowry, Tyler Lancaster, TJ Slayton, they just weren't able to do enough. I'd like to see more reps for TJ Slayton. I'd like to see more reps for Jack Heflin because they need that energy. They need that athleticism. Dean Lowry was, he was terrible. I mean, truly terrible against the Saints. Not that anyone was particularly good. It was like Jair Alexander was was really good on defense and no one else even bothered showing up. Rashawn Gary gave a lot of effort in in uh, 16 pass rush reps out of 20 attempts. He had four pressures. So one out of every four pass rush reps for him resulted in a pressure. That is a very, very good number. And a lot of that is just effort, but he's starting to put things together. He is the guy that, of course, is going to be starting in place of Zadarius Smith for the next couple of weeks. We don't know how long this is going to take. Matt LaFleur said, hey, uh, he's going to be on IR until he's healthy. He's going to be on IR until he is ready to go. And that's an important distinction. It's not a, oh, it's a an ankle and he's going to be out six to eight weeks. No, this is a back injury. They're notoriously tricky and finicky. And so we don't, we don't know how long this is going to be. We assume long enough that he needs to be on IR. If it was just this week and he might be able to go next week, mm, that'd be one thing. Uh, presumably, he's in three, four weeks. He's going to be on this at least. And it may be that the Packers, you know, aren't fully healthy until we get to, you know, week seven, uh, week eight, you get David Bakhtiari back, you get Sidaria Smith back, and then you're able to, to really do something as you go down the stretch here. This is something that we talked about earlier in the week, right? The apathy, I think, that the Packers played with against the Saints. I think it starts with this idea that the thing that matters most this season is what happens in November, December, January. And I think it's hard to get up for a week one game in Jacksonville against a banged up Saints team with Jameis Winston, a team you beat last year with Drew Brees and no Devontae Adams. Aaron Rodgers hinted at it. This was a team that thought they were going to go in and just steamroll the Saints. They thought they were going to walk out of bed and beat this team. And I don't, I, that that is over. But, they understand what's most important, and that is what happens in December and January and hopefully February. And, and you know, there, there is this question, and, and Antoine on, on YouTube asks it, is it really a back injury or is it hurt feelings? It's a, it's a fair question. And we don't know what, what Z is going through if there is something that, that Z is going through. Matt LaFleur has been extremely cagey about this from the jump. Like from the beginning, he was going, yeah, Z's going to be out there. It was very short. It was punctuated answers. And it was just sort of like, what? This is weird. And then you're getting the Zedarius Instagram posts. I'm underpaid comparing his production to Khalil Mack. He seemed miffed about not being a captain and and, and gets a, a, a diamond uh, necklace with a, with the captain C on it. The, this there might be something going on behind the scenes. This may be a yeah I'm hurt, but I want but I what I really really want is I just went almost went full Spice Girls on that one. What, what I really really want is a new contract, and that would make me feel a lot healthier. I want I want more assurances beyond this season, which you know wouldn't be the first time something like this has happened. We don't really he he showed up to camp hurt. He showed up to camp 
That's why he was on NFI, non-football injury. He showed up to camp um, hurt. I think that's part of why there's this speculation that this injury is related to the the contract negotiations and and what such that we even you know we don't even know that there are negotiations ongoing, but that Zadarius is not pleased with the current status of his contract. So, look, the Packers are in a good position right now to fill the gap of Zadarius Smith outside linebacker. You put in Rashawn Gary now. Unfortunately, it means more snaps for guys who just aren't as good. Jonathan Garvin um, and and um, Chauncey Rivers, they're just not as good. And I was actually talking to former Packers offensive lineman Mike Wall today for something that I'm working on at The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. And he was saying, what I don't think most people realize is the difference, even on a good NFL team, even on a deep NFL team, between a first stringer and a, a no stringer, you know, a second stringer is huge but that there that gap that delta of talent is enormous and so yeah putting um putting Rashawn Gary in he's really a de facto starter but you, if if now you have to play Jonathan Garvin more well that is where the drop-off happens and that is where the bigger problem is plus it means fewer opportunities to play uh, Zadarius inside, which means you have to play guys like Dean Lowry and Tyler Lancaster more. Well, those guys just aren't nearly as impactful on the game as Zadarius Smith would be. And this team was going to use all three of those outside linebackers on the field a ton this season. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the number one protein bar that I have ever had. It is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, double chocolate, salted caramel, cookies and cream, German chocolate. The the mixed box allows you to try all these flavors and they're all high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, and low in sugar. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the US track and field team. Heck yes. So go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at built.com. So I was looking at some Lions tape. That team, it is just really not good. It is really not a talented team. And especially on defense. I mean, I I went back and I looked at the numbers last year. Uh, Amani Oruarie and uh, Jeff Okuda were two of the worst graded by Pro Football Focus starting corners in the league. And they were the lowest rated duo in the league. So they were the worst starting corners in football last year. The safeties were also the worst starting safety duo in football last year. This secondary is cheeks. It's terrible. Okay, so we have this this, this pessimism. And I've seen it on Twitter. I've heard from a lot of people, and I'm telling you it's coming in the chat, uh, that... There are going to be uh, th- this this lingering effect from what happened with New Orleans because look, I said that the Packers were gonna were gonna win that game and win it by a touchdown or two, especially given the injuries that the Saints had. The, th- the difference is, the guys who regularly play for the Saints are really really good. 
Marshawn Lattimore is awesome. Malcolm Jenkins is awesome. Marcus Williams is awesome. Demario Davis is one of the best linebackers in football. Cam Jordan is one of the best defensive linemen in football. Marcus Davenport, they can still put some bona fide blue chip players on the field, even if they have, much like the Packers do, have a deficiency at cornerback two and beyond. Okay? The Lions... They don't have very good corners. In fact, they have bad ones. They don't have very good safeties. In fact, they have bad ones. They don't have anyone on the offensive or defensive line, excuse me, who can impact the game in a meaningful way. No one. They don't have anyone who can create pressure. They created no pressure against Jimmy Garoppolo. And and even, even when they tried to blitz, the 49ers diced them up. Jimmy Garoppolo diced them up. So they can't rush the passer. They they were bottom three in pass rush win win rate last week, and they can't cover anybody, and they don't tackle well. So what what are we doing here? The Packers should score 40 on this team, and I think, you know, the line is is Packers 11-point favorites at betonline.ag. If this game were week one, if we hadn't seen what we saw in week one, this, this line would be... 14, 15. I mean, I talked to a, a, an analytics guy about it. He was just like, no, this this game, he's like, I bet Packers minus 11. Because <laughs> he was just like, this line is stupid. This line is is overly biased by week one. And it should be, it should be 14. It should be 15. This is a, a good team who played bad in week one against a bad team who played good for half a quarter in week one. The Lions are a bad team. We do not believe the Packers are a bad team. They played bad in week one, but this is the same team that just went 13 and three and and a legitimate 13 and three team. Like they were, they were almost a 12 win team by Pythagorean expectation. So it's not like they were fluky or lucky. This team as currently constituted is really, really good. So the Packers should be able to attack them at all levels. At all levels, they should be able to run the ball effectively against the Lions. That should make it easier for them to stay in favorable down and distances. It should make it easier for them to stay on the field so the defense can stay off the field. They should be able to get whatever they want in the passing game to whoever they want. Amani Oruare cannot stick Devontae Adams. Cannot, will not. Couldn't do it on a boat. Couldn't do it in a moat. The guy is just not going to be able to cover Devontae Adams. I think this is the second Dr. Seuss reference I've made this week. I, I'm, I have a 16-month-old, so it's it's in my brain. Uh, and in terms of the second corner, it's a Fatou Melifanwu, my guy, friend of the show. He was on Locked on Packers talking about the, the draft process and, and is a Syracuse guy. So, of course, I'm in his corner. This is going to be his first NFL start if he is indeed the other guy. And, and the other players that they have on the roster, I would say their names, but you aren't going to recognize them. They're undrafted free agents and they don't have, other than Oru Arie, they do not have a corner who has made an NFL start. And they have three corners who, if we removed week one, would not have ever played in an NFL game. That's the secondary the Packers are facing on Monday night. And two safeties uh, that are just not very good. They're just not very good. And they were terrible against the 49ers. So this is a defense that the Packers should slice, dice, fillet, 
julienne, and deep fat fry. I mean, in duck fat. Like, let's, it, it, this, this is the game. And some of you get mad at me. Some of you get mad at me when I call these things get right games. But you guys, this defense is terrible. Personnel-wise, it's terrible. Now, they're going to do some of the similar things that the Packers are in terms of wanting to do some pre- and post-snap disguise. Aubrey Pleasant comes over. He uh, he is someone who has experience in that system. He was in L.A. with Matt LaFleur. They have a familiarity. So, look, the Packers are going to be able to do a lot against this defense. There are questions about what you how you handle the offensive line. Uh, Cyrus brings it up in the chat. So... Lucas Patrick is dealing with the concussion. He's in concussion protocol. And frankly, uh, I, I don't know that that he would be a, a great option anyway. He was bad in week one. And this, this follows a pattern for him, unfortunately. He's been bad. Going back, he was bad in the preseason. Um, he had a tough camp to the point that he, you know, at first he lost his job at right guard to a rookie, Royce Newman. They move him to left guard. They give him a shot. He's the veteran. But... I don't think it's going to be long before we start hearing conversations. Is John Runyon Jr. just going to be the starter? And if John Runyon Jr. comes out and plays well against a bad Lions front, and this is a bad Lions front, then he might have the opportunity to just keep going. Now, Tom Silverstein mentioned on his podcast that uh, the, the Runyon has not made the strength strides that the Packers were hoping for. Um, and, and that's a little bit, um, it's a little bit surprising because he has a, a father who played in the NFL. So he understands the work that is necessary to put in, but you can plateau. I mean, this is, this is not something that's uncommon, even for people who, who lift a lot, who are, you know, CrossFit people, it, it, it can be difficult to, to push through some of those plateaus. I'm not trying to make excuses for the guy. I'm just saying, you know, it's not as simple as, oh, he's not putting in the work, at least to my knowledge. I, I can't, I don't want to impugn the guy's work ethic because I just don't know. Offensively, there, there should be no concerns about what the Packers are going to do to this team. If the Lions are going to win this game, it has to be because they score 40. That, that just has to be it. So what about that side of the ball? And I do think the Packers are going to run the ball. I think they're, you're going to see a lot more Aaron Jones, a lot more A.J. Dillon. And because they're going to be able to do it, because they're going to find more success, run and pass, I don't think it's going to be those the kind of thing where it's like, okay, well, why didn't we see more Aaron Jones? Why didn't we see more A.J. Dillon? No, they're, they're going to have enough success that it's there's not going to be any questions. This, this, this team is going to be able to move it up and down the field on the Lions. And if they don't, there should, there should be some really real questions about this offensive coaching staff, I know the, the love fest for Nathaniel Hackett, Connor Orr wrote a great piece for Sports Illustrated about, you know, the mad scientist and and I have given and heaped praise on Matt LaFleur for the offense that he has put together. I, I don't really have any concerns about the offense. The offense is going to be fine. It's the defense where you got to go, OK, a lot of these guys have to play a lot better. Chris Barnes is the worst game of, uh, of his career in week one. He was he was not good. And I can't believe that no one asked all week, really, if Eric Stokes was going to get an opportunity to play for Kevin King. <laughs> if not now, when? And, and one of the reasons why I, I asked this question is because in two weeks, they have to go to San Francisco on a short week for them and play a 49ers team that has Debo Samuel, who looked awesome against the Lions in week one. Brandon Ayuk, who is strangely in the Shanahan doghouse. If you're the Packers, you're hoping that he stays in the doghouse for at least two more weeks. You've got this Trent Sherfield guy who is outplaying, allegedly, 
Brandon Ayuk plus there's George Kittle and and you have to worry about the backs out of the backfield. If Eric Stokes is going to be the guy at some point, it needs to be soon. And I think you need to put him in this game. I think whether you start him, I don't care. I don't care about the starting thing. He needs he needs drives. So give him a drive. They did this with Elton Jenkins and Lane Taylor. When Elton Jenkins looked like he was ready to go, they started rotating him in. And and Eric Stokes has been getting run with the ones all camp. So it's time to put your money where your mouth is on this competition thing and get Stokes out there because it just can't be Kevin King anymore. It just can't. I mean, it, it just can't. It really is that simple. He is not it. He is not it, Chief. I mean, that that is where we are. He just is, he is never going to be more than he already is. That is just where we are with Kevin King. It's just not going to happen. So you drafted someone in the first round, give him a shot. Tyrell Williams, probably not going to play. Can you name the other Lions receivers? Oh, wait. Maybe you can name Quintez Cephas because he went to the University of Wisconsin. He's probably their, their second best receiver, might even be their best receiver. Uh, they have Amon Ross St. Brown, who's Equinemius St. Brown's brother, who went to USC, rookie. Um, they have Khalif Raymond. This is, this is a bad skill group. Now, TJ Hawkinson is a problem. TJ Hawkinson is probably going to get, I mean, you heard, if you listened to the crossover yesterday, you heard um, Matt Derry talk about Hawk should get 12, 15 targets. Maybe, maybe you should. And I think you're going to see a number of guys uh, guarding Hawkinson. I think you're going to see Shannon Sullivan on him. I think you might see Eric Stokes on him. I mean, that might be the way to get Eric Stokes on the field is you say, okay, we're going to play some modified dime and keep our keep our big guys in and just put Stokes on Hawk. Maybe that's the way to do it. And then you have Jair Alexander play more in the slot. I mean, there, there are some different ways that you could get creative uh, for, the, for the Packers with their secondary pieces. But Stokes has to be out there. He just has to be out there. Now, the run game, this is where I think the Lions have to feel like they can, they can do some work because the offensive line is good. And, and certainly good enough. And so um, when you have now this issue with the Packers front, I mean, Zedaria Smith, not going to be out there. So you don't have that penetrator aggressive guy who gives you the chance to make plays in the backfield. So Jamal Williams, he had 100 total yards against the 49ers. Now, part of that was he got some, some targets in garbage time, but they were able to run it downhill. And maybe they're they're going to be able to control the ball. Maybe they can do some things like the Saints did controlling the clock. You have to make Jared Goff make reads. You have to get him off his spot. And and the Lions offense, I have to say, it was it was a better schemed offense than the Packers had in week one. It does seem like the Packers coaching staff believed that they could just roll the ball out there and play the old John Calipari. And that they didn't have to do anything creative. They didn't have to show, you know, any any fun misdirection, no orbit motion, no reverses. I mean, think about this, what this offense looked like to start the, the season last year with no preseason games. They came out against Minnesota and they're running jet every play and they go, you know, uh, end around to Alan Lazard and, and they've just got the whole game working. We didn't see any of that, any of that in week one. Now, part of it is because they couldn't get first downs, but we didn't even see it first down, second down, third down on the first drive. They got a first down on the first drive. 
there were plenty of opportunities for them to show some of that. And it was just like stock stayed stuff. It was their base stuff. I mean, we, they, we, were, we were hearing in training camp, oh, we, you know, we're, we're really pushing to, to, get, to get creative so it doesn't get boring for these guys. We didn't see it. We didn't see it. The Lions, they were more creative. They were more creative in week one. So the Packers are going to have to be ready for some of that misdirection stuff. The Lions are, are running, you know, traps and, and counters and, and interesting things with eye candy. You know, you got jet motion, orbit motion, a fake, and then the give. And so they're going to have to play with much better discipline than they did a week ago. That means the safeties triggering on the run faster. That means the linebackers finding the right gaps and run fits faster or at all. Let's let's start there. How about at all? And that means guys not getting worked at the line of scrimmage. You just can't get beat at the line of scrimmage the way the Packers did against the Saints and expect to beat anyone. Expect to beat anyone. This Lions team is not very good. They're one of the three or four worst teams in the league. And Jared Goff is still going to be Jared Goff. He's still not a good player. He he was the biggest problem with that offense um, because there were guys open and he just misses them. Or he'd make a, a dumb throw. He, he wouldn't see a linebacker and it's a pick six. Like he's still Jared Goff. And he's not in the Sean McVay cocoon anymore. And so they should be able to get after him and, and create some opportunities there. Uh, we'll see if they are in fact able to do that. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one spot for pro and football action this season with a new updated site and interface with more odds, props, and contests than ever before. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Use the promo code NFL100, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports. Uh, and just for signing up, remember that 100% deposit bonus gives you money in your pocket just for signing up and putting money in. Use the promo code Locked On to get that welcome bonus. And you don't have to be a, a plebe when it comes to betting. Listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag wherever you get podcasts. All right. So I, um, I'm, I'm looking at the, the chat here, drop your questions in the chat. If, if you want to have them answered, I'm just going to take a sip of my beverage. I got some, I got some uh, Citra dreams by captain Lawrence brewing. It's a hazy IPA. Awesome. It's really good. It's really good stuff. There've been a lot of, of, uh, Kevin King questions. Hopefully I answered them. <laughs> he um he, he he pretty soon he won't be able to hurt you anymore Packers Nation I'm 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 proud to tell you that pretty soon he will not be able to hurt you anymore if you are not on YouTube and you're not being a part of the stream why not why not come hang with us come check us out we're going to be doing this every Friday Although we are, in fact, not going to be doing this at the same time next Friday, I will be traveling. And so we got to figure out what the situation is. Cyrus wants to know, is the Kevin King trade one of the worst trades in Packer history? Um, I don't think it's it's one of the worst. Tra- I think it's one of the worst outcomes in Packers history in terms of like passing on TJ Watt, who's the in, in-state product to get a, a cornerback who scuttled uh, at least one championship run. That's that's bad. Um, but. Look, there's been a lot of a lot of stuff that this happens every franchise every year. I mean, you pass on guys. 
I mean, you pass on guys. And some years it seems like a, a horrible decision. And some years it's just sort of like, yeah, well, it didn't turn out to be that big a deal. So I, I, I the Kevin King thing, it, it looks bad, but they traded down. They could have taken just, they could have just taken TJ Watt. They traded down to get Kevin King. Uh, and then they got the extra fourth, which turned out to be Vince Beagle, who turned out to be a not very good player. So it's it's bad. And and people in the chat are are already finding the, the draft misses. I don't think we can do the draft misses thing. It's just if you draft a bad player, it sucks. Don't do that. Don't draft bad players. Um, is Savage playing this week? So he practiced in a limited fashion, which is good news for him. Um, that means that he is physically able. It's a shoulder injury. So if if he's practicing, if he's moving around, that's a good sign. Now, have, taking contact is different. Individual drills in, in camp is not, or in practice is not the same as being able to play. You know, you worry about if he can stand up to the contact. That's going to be something that the doctors are just going to have to decide. It's nice that he gets the extra day, but the Packers have said they're going to give him every opportunity um, to get healthy and, and try and play on Monday. Uh, Edwin wants to know, you keep saying Richard Sherman, is he worth it? I don't, I don't know that I keep saying that. I keep saying that he's available, that he's out there. Um, I would like to see Eric Stokes first. That would be what I would say. I would like to see Eric Stokes. And if he is just not it and, and look, if Eric Stokes does not play well as a rookie, that does not mean he's a bad player. Remember most rookies are bad and nearly all rookie corners are bad, but what it does mean is that in order to be a Super Bowl team, you have to improve that spot if Eric Stokes can't do it. So that is when I think you start trying to figure out, okay, um, maybe Richard Sherman is is uh, a flyer that, that you can take. Uh, do you think Daphne is playing for his job this week? Yeah, I do. Um, Jay Sternberger is eligible to come off um, the suspended list uh, next week. It means the Packers are going to have to release someone. And I did not think Daphne played well at all against the Saints. If he's going to be in there to be a bruising blocker, then you have to block. And I didn't think he blocked effectively in the run game. I thought he whiffed on a couple blocks where he is the man in the hole leading the play um, or, or is, you know, out front or he's not able to get to a reach block. I mean, he just didn't play well enough. He's, if he's there to be a blocking tight end and is not much of a receiver, you need more as a blocker then. And if you're not going to, especially with Josiah DeGuara, He's still he's still in concussion protocol. We don't know if he's going to be able to go. So I think Jace is going to be back on this team there. There, you know, he was back in meetings this week as he is eligible to be. So he can he can come off the list. I, I, I expect Jace is going to be on the team and have a role. I mean, he had a role in the team last year when when he was healthy and it was it was a real role. Um, and, and you know, there are there are so many of these plays. And we saw last week when when Josiah DeGuar went down. So much of this offense, especially the play action stuff, is play action to get a run after catch opportunity for a tight end. Mercedes Lewis is not that guy, but Jace, Josiah, those guys are. They have juice in the open field. And that that gives you a chance to really be something on offense in a way that you, you can't be as, as explosive if you just have Mercedes and Big Bob Tunyon, who I think also needs to get more involved. They had that really pretty... Um, uh, tight end screen to convert a third down. More of that, please. I mean, that was the creative stuff that we didn't see much of in, in week one. And I did think, you know, Matt LaFleur had a, had a reasonable answer, I guess, that, oh, you know, we didn't really get into our game plan. But why was the why was the scripted play? Why was the first time? This is a team that has killed defenses with their script for two years running. And they looked bad. I mean, nothing creative. And then all of a sudden, 
you know, second half, they bust out some of these interesting things. It's like that, that was where you should have been in the, in the first drive, the second drive. That was the stuff that should have been going on and wasn't. And, and that's the unfortunate, it's, it's, I think it's the first time I've been, I've been really disappointed in Matt LaFleur because we saw it last year. I just know he can do it. I know what he's capable of. And, and that I think is, is what made it uh, more disappointing. Well, I wasn't mad. I was just disappointed. All right. We are going to be back uh, next week for a lot more. A lot more next week. We've got the show on Monday to get you ready for the Monday night game. And then Tuesday, no expert Tuesday, because of course we have uh we have the the game Monday night. We'll be back for our normals. How you doing? Uh crossover Thursday, and then our live show on Friday. Again, keep an eye out on my Twitter feed for the timing of that. Like I said, I'm gonna be traveling, so it may have to be a little bit later. On Friday or a little bit earlier, we'll just have to figure it all out. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. Subscribe on YouTube, where a number of you are watching right now. I appreciate you. And uh, anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, I heard from a lot of you after the game. Oh, score prediction. Mm, I said on on the uh, on the the crossover that I thought something like 31-21. I'm going to I'm going to stick with that. But I think it could be after watching it again, I think it's like 35-21, 38-21. Yeah, Edwin Edwin's got it. I think 35 or 30. They're going to score a bunch of points. They're going to score they're going to score a bunch of points. So, uh if you want to tell me how you feel about the game, hit me up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.